Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and ring that notification bell, and you will get notified when I post content each and every week. My guest is Kefri Riley. She is co-founder of Frontline Doulas, a California statewide organization dedicated to providing Black families with non-medical professional perinatal services. Kefri, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Good. Let's get into it. A uh, very interesting topic. So, uh, first of all, tell me about Frontline Doulas. Uh, tell me about your organization and and why it was created. Well, Frontline Doulas was inspired by the work that we were doing, myself and co-founder Dr. Saida Pepra, um, with Black Doulas in community in Los Angeles with regards to the very first pilot program funded by HealthNet for community doula work in Los Angeles County. And we noticed that the doulas were basically deep into um, the care that was required for our community, specifically South LA and families that were on Medi-Cal. And so we noticed that the, the kind of scenarios that were occurring with regards to the needs of our clients and how our doulas were meeting them were so urgent. And in many cases, some were extreme that we started comparing them to them being on the front lines, directly on the front lines. And this is Previous to the pandemic, this is before any of those terminologies were being, being used. That metaphor was perfect because they were directly um, engaged with the needs that our community had at such a level that not only were the results phenomenal, but the experiences that, that we learned from at that point enabled us to title the name of our organization, the Frontline Doulas. Um, so really, was it's an honor of the work that our doulas and our organizations were doing at the time that were really on the front lines of how we can reimagine Black birth and create new narratives for our community. As we know, we're in a maternal and infant health crisis. And so in order to combat that, we need to create community-oriented solutions. And so Frontline Doulas was really offered as a solution and collaboration with the community to create new ways of imagining, being, and loving our birthing and our uh, maternal health. Uh, now, there's a historical significance to uh, doulas, uh, particularly as it relates to women of color. So maybe you can speak a little bit about just the history of doulas uh, and why they played such a, a critical role in in Black maternal health. Well, really, I have to first um, let's let's look at the word doula, which is a Greek word for servant or slave. And so, oftentimes, you'll see us utilize words like birth worker um, as a way to use different words to not have that connotation within the caste system. Sure. So I've been a birth worker for over 20 years and it's very significant to me, this work that I'm doing, it's part of an ancestral legacy because my father um, was his grandmother's midwife assistant. My father's from Greenville, South Carolina, from the deep South, from the rural Jim Crow South. And he raised me with stories of his grandmother my great grandmother and his mother and the beautiful black women in his family who were caregivers, i.e. specifically mainly giving care to the community in the deep south, but also to the rich white folks. You know, and so my great grandmother was the first black woman to or one of them to have a phone and to have electricity, et cetera, because she was catching all the babies. She also was one of the first um, black midwives to be able to catch babies in the hospital, which was very unique at the time, um, considering what was happening post-industrialization with birth going into the hospitals. So let's go back a little bit. So birth has always been a part of human legacy. Without it, we would not be here. This is exactly. how we have evolved. <laughs> it's it's a part of our innate primate intelligence. It's a it's a primal knowing and it's just what we do. Okay. And we do it powerfully and we do it from a place that allows us to survive and thrive 
and and and, and engage with this beautiful world in a, in a delicate ecosystem. And so in that way, the, the birthing person or the womb bearer is the center of the ecosystem. And so traditionally throughout time, through all indigenous practices, through all cultures, you will have the midwives or the birth attendants, the healers, the curanderas, the, um, all of the, the folks that would gather around the individual who's giving birth and tr with traditional healing, indigenous healing medicines and sciences. So these are passed down through narratives, through embodiment, through culture, through dance, through song, through prayer, et cetera. And so this is nothing new to humanity. It's nothing new. It's actually a quite ancient practice. It's part of our indigenous inheritances, inheritances, and it's our cultural inheritance, and it should be preserved. So Black birth work is going through what I like to call the Black uh, doula zeitgeist. We're having a Black birth worker zeitgeist moment where we are. there's an explosion of reclamation and understanding of this cultural inheritance. And so Black doulas, Black birth workers, midwives, lactation professionals, anybody has to do with work with holistic healing of the womb, the mother, the birthing people, birthing families, fathers, et cetera, is continuing in this legacy. And so I say I'm standing here today because of the ancestral legacy of the women in my family. And I like to think that we are preserving a sense of culture and medicine not just the term doula, right? Which sounds kind of romantic or we could glamorize it a bit, but truly it is um, evidence-based medicine and it belongs to our communities. Uh, on that note, um, maybe you can share some of the health benefits for women who use uh, birth workers, uh, both pre and post um, uh, birth. Oh, that's that's a great question. There are many benefits to the uses of doulas that are actually evidence-based. Um, we also, you know, I like to know that we don't need to have Western medical evidence to know what works for our communities. I think that a lot of times that's what birth workers or doulas do is they give the power back to the birthing families to understand the power that's within themselves and the natural health that can be restored by engaging in these community practices that happen to be evidence-based. So some of the results of doula care or birth worker support include the lowering of interventions that are utilized in birth and in the hospitals. And when we have lower interventions, we are more likely to have more vaginal birth rates and less cesarean rates. So you'll notice a decrease in cesarean rates when the use of a birth worker is at hand. You'll notice the decrease in the use of interventions, which also carry risks along with the benefits. You'll notice an increase in breast or chest feeding and feeding the baby from the body and having increased there. We have a lowering of incidences of childhood illness and uh, you know things like that that have to do with the health of the child is also benefited when we have birth workers present because we're more likely to have healthy breastfeeding rates. So in that sense, we lower cesareans, we increase vaginal birth. We also have, which is very important, a huge decrease in preterm births which is very important in, in Black and Indigenous communities because we have high level, high rates of preterm births at up to 14% of births um, in California and the Black community are happening that are preterm. And with preterm births, we have much greater risks for childhood illnesses, et cetera. So doulas help to support the decrease of all those negative birth outcomes and also create a powerful sense of feeling of support. And when you feel that you were supported during your birth, you're more likely to reach out for support, to take care of the self, and it accompanies you for the rest of your reproductive life. So when you recover healthy and supported in your postpartum period, right, this actually has an impact on your entire reproductive health cycle. And so that means even towards when you're going through menopause, the care that you take of yourself and the care that you allow yourself to have 
um, has an impact on your reproductive cycle for, for decades to come. Um, you mentioned postpartum. That was actually my next question because that's such a critical part of the birth process that I don't think, I think, you know, a lot of people, they look forward to the maternal care, the prenatal and then the birth, but that postpartum period is such a vital, not just between the, the infant and the child and the, and the mother, but it's just, it's, it's such an important aspect of the birthing process. So can you talk to me a little bit about the role that uh, doulas, birth workers can play specifically in the postpartum phase of childbirth? So glad you had that sensitivity and offered your insight there on the importance of it, because we really are at a, a place in human history right now, especially with the wars and the uprisings and the challenges that are happening on a global scale, where we have to think not only just of our communities here in the United States and the challenges that we are <clears throat> experiencing, especially with postpartum care, but how that also is impacting others um, in solidarity who also have needs globally. And so once we start to see like how these things are actually linked, you know, like we don't want to just look at people who are are engaged in, in having in war zones, et cetera, and go, oh, oh, how sad for the babies and the mothers. But what are we doing here for ourselves? How can we stand up for ourselves and in, and in effect actually stand up for all of those globally? Um, I like to think that we have impact when we when we take initiative here in our own country. And so in the postpartum period is a very delicate period where the person has just given birth, their womb is going through the involution process, which means it's returning back to its natural state. Um, you're also at a very highly sensitive open period. You know, we're actually recovering from an intense physiological process, the birthing process. You're engaging with the bonding that's occurring with you and the baby and the family unit as a whole you actually have gone through a rite of passage, a powerful birthing ceremony where you no longer are the maiden, you are now the mother, you are now the parent. You have crossed a threshold and we never go back. And so the brain actually goes through profound changes in the postpartum period. And so if we don't protect ourselves and protect the mothers and birthing people during this period, it has an impact not only on our brain and our physical health, but in how we raise our children, how we engage in community. So the postpartum period should be respected. And in most cultures, traditional indigenous cultures, um, there's a 40-day laying-in period, a period where you're actually observing, where you are nourishing the body, retaining your sense of self, gathering yourself back into its original form, learning who this new form is as the mother or parent, learning about feeding of the infant and actually restoring yourself back to the state that you were. And, and actually postpartum isn't just the first six weeks. It's probably more like the first year to 18 months after you've given birth. And once you've given birth, you are postpartum for the rest of your life. So you go through a change of the brain called matricense, where the hormones that were operating before you gave birth are now have gone through change. They no longer are the same. So you'll have high levels of prolactin, which is what helps you to, to make breast milk and to feed the baby. You're having high levels of oxytocin and other hormones that are occurring that are part of the postpartum recovery period. So it's an intense period of transformation. And in this country, we have very little um, extended family leave policies, very little, little policies that protect the birthing family and not just the person who gave birth, the father, the parent. This is a unit. So I like to look at postpartum as an entire ecosystem of care that needs to be cherished and uplifted. We must take care of the person who has given birth and the infant because it's completely interconnected and indeed the caregivers and the family, the fathers, et cetera. We can't just disconnect one from the other. And so I think we are in definitely a period where we are educating ourselves now about the importance of postpartum, 
um, on the, the effect of our families, our bodies, and our communities, in particular Black and Indigenous communities, which are hardest hit by um, the impacts of social determinants of health, racism, uh, discrimination, you know, and other structural crimes. Um, that actually raises another question of mine, which is, um, even though technically we live in the United States and, you know, some would argue we have the best health care in the world, you know, that's debatable. Um, however, for African-American women and women of color, uh, the childbirth process is not always safe in Western medicine. There are risks associated with that, uh, more so than other communities. So maybe you can speak a little bit about um, women who use the traditional Western methods during their pregnancies uh, and maybe uh, some of the inherent risks because uh, there does seem to be challenges with that, uh, particularly for women of color. Yeah. <clears throat> so... So just for some terminology, you know, we we will say like traditional Western medicine, but let's, I'll call it the Western medical industrial complex. How about that? Well stated, yes. <laughs> the Western medical industrial yes. complex, these institutions of medicine that throughout time, especially the history of America, have racism, harm, violence built into them just through the nature of industrialization and delivery across high levels of population. And we have an incredibly diverse population in the United States, but because institutions of harm often are based within white supremacist constructs, and we just have bias built into our system. We have racism and discrimination. It's kind of built into these institutions. We know this. It's not something new. Um, and so there is that institutionalized and structural racism that basically creates such huge impact on the care that is given to black women and babies and indigenous women and women of color in America. And so we know that America is not performing well health-wise or educationally-wise, according to the statistics. So we are very low on the totem pole of healthy birth outcomes in maternal and infant health, period, with the highest impact and the most, I would say, I call it violence because I think that it is. I don't like to like sugarcoat things. Sure. It's not to be sugarcoated uh, upon the bodies of Black women and babies in this country. And so we know that a lot of this is due to institutionalized and structural racism and also just, you know, the the inherent bias that's that's there. And that's also unconscious bias that's there. I mean, as we learn to unpack this and do the work that's important, especially systems doing the anti-racism work in order to begin to deliver more equitable care. This is why doulas and birth workers are so important. We accompany the families as advocates, as educators, as physical support and emotional support people, and in effect, affect the autonomy and engage with the sovereignty of the birthing families. You know, And so when so much has been taken from us in our birthing cultural inheritance, i.e., post-industrialization, when the grandmother midwives, the Black midwives, Indigenous midwives that I was speaking about, but indeed all midwives, but most harm was given into the Black communities where the best care that was given was through the Black grandmother midwives, point blank. So when they started becoming, in effect, sterilized and or controlled and or trained, educated and brought into the Western medical industrial system and births were taken out of the home where they 100% were in American history and into the hospital, now we see the effects of taking birth out of the home and into the hospital has completely changed the birth outcomes and the infant outcomes in America. And it's primarily impacted in black and indigenous communities because of the structural and industrial and institutionalized racism that's there and the social determinants of health, access, et cetera, over, over the history of, and time. So we're looking at models of care that aren't really working 
right? And we do know that midwifery models of care do work, especially, and this is research driven, that people of, that have any low risk that are giving birth, the safest place to give birth is at home or under the care of a midwife. But we still think that it's safer to give birth in the hospital. But if you are a low risk person, that's not the safest place to give birth, actually. There's worse outcomes that are happening, particularly for Black and Indigenous women, than if you're giving birth at home. And that's across the board. So if we already know that, then why aren't we doing more to do that? And so doulas are part of that solution, but it's only one part. And we really have to look at midwifery care and infant feeding practices and access to health care in general. Well said. Um, let me now ask you about your impact report. Uh, Frontline Doulas uh, published an impact report recently. Um, tell me about the report, um, what people can take away from it. And uh, it's comprehensive. So talk to me about the the impact report. Super proud of our impact report. Um, we it's online. It's this is this is this is one of the physical copies, but it's online. You can get it at our website, uh, frontlinedoulas.com. And um, super proud of the work that we've done. It 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 talks a lot about the programs that we've done from 2019 to 2022. So we will have a new report for 2023. Um, but we've at this point we've served over 500 Black families throughout Los Angeles and California, and indeed also nationwide. Um, we've had a massive impact on the decrease in cesareans. So if you have a, a, a national rate of about 36%, according to the March of Dimes for African-American women birthing in America, we have a 42% decrease in our cesarean births. So we only have, I think, 21% cesarean births in our programs, which is a massive decrease from 36% when you when you do the math. And, and so that shows that if we have less cesareans, we're going to have less problems, we're going to have less maternal deaths. We're going to have less problems with feeding our infant. We also have zero preterm births in our programs that deliver community doula services. So, so from that means we have a hundred percent decrease. So from fourteen percent preterm birth down to zero percent preterm birth. I mean, when you think about the impact of what that is, as far as the cost to insurance companies, the cost for NICU units or babies born prematurely, the health benefits to the infant and to the family. So when you have a preterm infant, there's all types of challenges that comes to them health-wise, also stressors that are occurring to the family unit and indeed then the community, right? Let alone the cost. The cost is just a capitalistic slant on it. What about the infant's health and the mother's health, the birthing person's health? So we have zero preterm births in our program. This is a really big deal. And it shows how the impact of doulas and just having support, because we are not medical care providers. Doulas are not, birth workers are not midwives. Okay, so we don't perform medical care. We are social, emotional support, physical education and advocacy support. So um, we also have a 7% low birth rate, which is also a massive reduction in, in, in low birth rate in the black community. So these are the major heavy hitters that doulas and in our programs are shown to benefit. There's also all across all boards, as far as interventions, lower interventions, higher birth satisfaction rates, et cetera. So we've served over 700 families and at the end of 2023, we've served over 500 families in our Frontline Doula Hotline, as well as um, we've educated and supported 400 doulas last year in becoming um, a new Medi-Cal doula. Because as you know, California has a new Medi-Cal doula benefit under the Medi-Cal Medicaid state benefit. And that's a really huge leap for the benefits of our communities here, since a large portion of people who give birth in California are covered by Medi-Cal. Uh, let me piggyback on that real quick, because one of the aspects of, of uh, Medi-Cal, uh, and I know in some work I used to do years ago in healthcare, uh, healthcare one of the biggest challenges was things like uh, transportation, just getting people to and from. And, and I, so I think 
having opportunity where people can be served in their home, as you say, or, or at least make it easier for folks to get access to cares is huge. And so being able to partner with Medi-Cal now or having that benefit uh, is massive, uh, particularly for women of color. Yes, it's a massive leap. It's a huge benefit. It's a historical benefit. Um, so doulas, as you know, don't give medical care, but we right. do attend families in the home. We might do prenatal visits there. We might do postpartum visits, or maybe it's in the community. Maybe it's in a park. It's wherever that family feels safe. And also the health, the, the care can also be given via telehealth. So we can reach all types of families that may not be able to think that think, or maybe feel that they can have access to doula care now can't. We really do need to add more quality midwifery care to Medi-Cal and raise those rates of reimbursements for, for midwives as well. That's very, very important to have equitable wages. Um, but right now, the Medi-Cal doula benefit is the highest benefit paid in America as far as California rates of reimbursement. So we've worked very hard. I was on the co-design team working with the Department of Healthcare Services for the last two years. I'm still on that co-design team and one of the stakeholders with my amazing colleagues um, to help advocate for doulas and birthing families for more equitable access to the benefit. Because if you right. don't know about the benefit, you can't access it. And right. if we don't have enough doulas to deliver the services, then we can't get the benefits there either. So we don't have enough doulas. And that's one of the things we're dedicated to is bringing in training and supporting more doulas to be able to become Medi-Cal approved providers, which in itself may have various barriers there. Um, and being able to continue to reach the families on the benefits of doulas and birth workers and how we can increase positive birth outcomes and positive narratives for generations to come, which is what we like to say at Frontline Doulas. We're affecting not just this generation, but several generations into the future. Uh, I want to circle back to, uh, you touched briefly about the role uh, of fathers. And and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, uh, I was blessed to be in the room when both of my daughters were born. And it's probably the most spiritual, the most connected I've ever felt to God in my life. And I'll just share yeah. that. Um, yeah. So in uh, your role with Frontline Doulas, um, bringing in fathers, which I think is such a critical aspect of the whole process, um, what role do they play? And how are you how are you reaching out to the fathers and engaging them in the whole process? Because again, I think it's it's well, it's a miracle, obviously, but it's just something that it's so uh, such a blessed event that I think fathers being part of the the, the journey uh, is crucial. Not only is it crucial, it's necessary. It's 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 a no brainer. It's it's how it's supposed to be. And remember, we don't want to replicate. You know, <laughs> we're not trying to replicate the harm that white supremacy has done in our families and taking black fathers out of the home through various social programs. We already know that we, that's another conversation altogether. So when we want to heal that and we need to do that by not replicating these Western models of care that are happening where fathers used to pace the room with cigars, you know, we see that on TV and, you know, and this is, this is an outdated narrative, the new narrative. And I often think that it's the babies themselves that have called the fathers back into the room to participate and offer their beautiful medicine, um, the medicine of protection and support, and also for them to witness and be a part of this birthing ceremony, um, this rite of passage, for they too are going through this rite of passage. And so it's very important that we encourage fathers and the partners of the birthing mother and the birthing person to be present every step of the way, to participate. And we give access to educational programs for the fathers, handouts and customized sheets for the fathers, access to various different fatherhood groups that are happening happening in the counties that we serve and making sure that they are feeling seen and heard and welcomed. And so the doula actually works with the entire family. So birth workers don't just work with 
the birthing person. We're working with the entire family system. And so the fathers are an integral part of that. So they themselves are also experiencing birth in their own way. And their experience has to be respected, you know, because they're going to go through their own experience that's unique, as well as the mother of the birthing person is going through their own experience. And I think that this is where we advocate for the rights of the family to be present, um, for them to be a part of the educational journey, because we must educate ourselves about how we're giving birth, about our the legacy, the rich legacy of how we support our birthing people in this country, and how this can actually make a massive impact on the imprinting of that beautiful baby. So that baby has heard your voice the entire almost 10 months of gestation. They know exactly who you are. Um, this is a profound spiritual moment. It's a ceremony. And so we'd like to celebrate fathers in our programs profusely and welcome them in and really doulas take care of the whole family. So, you know, so it's very important that we engage fathers, especially black fathers now, even as mentorship and with educational circles and father support circles. So we can start to normalize the challenges of fatherhood and the impacts that are happening when we're working and trying to take care of a family and or other social determinants of health that have impact on us. And so we can begin to heal, you know, and I think that we can do that. It doesn't have to take a long time. It can happen just in one birth, as you saw with your two children, just how much of an impact that had on your visceral body. Not just I'm a father now, but just you had a change that happened deep inside of you. You know, and I think doulas help preserve, this, preserve the sanctity of that for families and can uplift that through the various ministries that are present in, in birth worker work. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, we have a couple of minutes left. So uh, I just want to ask you now about uh, where you operate in California. I believe you guys are in uh, how many counties in California? Uh, and then lastly, if people want more information about you or want to get the report or, or just want to talk in general about doulas, frontline doulas, uh, where can they go? Sure. Um, so our programs serve Los Angeles County and all of California, indeed the United States, specifically through our Frontline Doula Hotline. You can access the hotline via FrontlineDoulaHotline.com or FrontlineDoulas.com. Also our Instagram and Facebook pages, which is Frontline Doulas. My Facebook page and Instagram page is Soul Mama Goddess. You can also reach me through my website, Kefri.com. That's K-H-E-F-R-I.com. But basically we're able to serve all families right now through our, our frontline doula hotline, which is a telehealth service. So you can book your call with a doula and they will be able to serve you, whether you're postpartum, um, before your pregnancy and during the pregnancy, et cetera. And so that's accessible right now. Um, we have various training programs for doulas or birth workers that can participate in learning how to become a medical doula benefit. And also we're looking at developing our various programs to continue giving direct service to families. We also have a massive amount of resources on our website. We want to be able to ensure that you are educated, supported, and can advocate for yourself along your birthing journey and or your brothers or sisters or families or community. Send them to our website. We have a lot of educational access there, a lot of resources that are important with regards to feeding your infant giving birth, um, uh, essential resources that you might need, homelessness, abortion, um, postpartum recovery, mental health, fatherhood, um, they're all there on our website. And we want to engage you and get you supported and educated on, on your rights and, and the human right of giving birth in the 20th century, 21st century, rather. Well, Kefri Riley, co-founder of Frontline Doulas, I want to thank you for coming on the Edric Show and doing the great work that you and your organization are doing. It's much needed. Um, you are uh, on the front lines of yeah. contributing to healthy Black and families and communities of color and health, healthy families, which is so needed right now. So 
I want to thank you for the work that you and your organization are doing. And I want to thank you for coming on the Edric Show. I appreciate you so much for giving platform to the voices of our community and, and all the engagement we had today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, this has been another edition of the Edric Show. My guest has been Kefri Riley, co-founder of Frontline Doulas, a statewide organization dedicated to providing Black families with non-medical professional perinatal services. Uh, we'll have all the information about how you can get in contact with her uh, on in the YouTube uh, description. Also, uh, it'll be on the crawl below. Um, again, this is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell. You'll get notified when I post con content each and every week. I want to thank you for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode.